0: I think that's the first time I drank that water. It's not too bad. Sister Molly asked me this afternoon to give you some agape love and <laughs> some sacrificial love for the afternoon crowd who uh, bears the storm. I appreciate the sermon this morning. Um, ask the Lord will continue to be with us here this afternoon. Last week, we talked about the God being able, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Um, That's the God that we believe here at Bethel Primitive Baptist Church. We, amongst the Primitive Baptists, um, that's something we firmly believe in. And I would like to speak a little bit more about that subject here for just a little while. In Romans chapter 5, or chapter 4, verse 20, it says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He staggered not, or that means he didn't hesitate. He didn't hesitate at the promises of God. He understood some things about God and God being able. And it says that he staggered not at the promise. We're not to stagger about any of God's promises to his dear children. Because Why? Because we know that he's able to perform those things that he has promised. That's something that we can have a solid foundation in a thought process, and we're not to stagger. And it, he had every reason to stagger at what was promised to him. He's promised a child. Uh, you know, him and Sarah were old and well stricken in years. This is something that goes up in verse 18. It says, who against hope believed in hope. There was no hope of them having children at that age, 190 years old. Both of them, they were well past years. You know, this is according to life. You know, natural life, this is impossibility. So it says, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according or in harmony with which was spoken, so so shall thy seed be. It says, And being not weak in faith. You know, faith is a, a gift of God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And we can be weak in faith and we can be strong in faith. And Abraham showed great faith when he staggered not at that promise. Through unbelief, but with strong faith, giving glory to God. And verse 21 says, and being fully persuaded. I need persuasion. I come to church on Sunday. I, I like to be persuaded. <laughs> I was very persuaded <laughs> this morning about God's or Brother Ronald's sermon about the devil as a roaring lion seeking who may devour. I spend my life struggle. It seems like, you know, the devil is around every corner. He's on every TV show. He's on every ad. He's on the Internet. He's everywhere. And he's just a roaring lion. And he seeks every opportunity, no matter who it is, whether it's the Lord Jesus Christ. It don't matter who it is. Job, it doesn't matter. We are easy prey to to a a devil if we don't have on the whole armor of God. If our faith is not strong in the promises of God, we're going to fall prey to the devil and he says he staggered not at it and he says he was fully persuaded you know uh, during the week I listen to Grace Alone radio I listen to uh, gospel music I, uh, church music what the kids call it and uh, little Missy James she's like why are we always listening to church music dad unless we're going to church <laughs> you know why are we listening to church music I said, because I like to be persuaded on a daily basis, and that helps persuade me about the things I have to deal with in life. All this other stuff is nothing but the devil trying to infiltrate my mind. I want to be persuaded, and that's why I come to church. I want to be persuaded. Paul was a persuader. That's why I like to name the sermon this afternoon about being persuaded. You know, the Sunday afternoon preacher, he's to persuade you to just stay awake for a little bit longer. (laughs) You know, so I got to do some persuasion. But Paul was what I call the persuader. He went around persuading in the the grace of God and not by works. Paul Paul went up against this. He says, Abraham was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Uh, In 2 Timothy, uh, Paul's writing to uh, young Timothy, and he says in verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. There's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of, Timothy. He says, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. God who has saved us. It's God who has saved us. It's not your works. It's God who has saved us and called us. You will be called sometime between your conception and death. It's the guarantee. Why? Because God has promised eternal life before time ever began. That's a promise that God is able to perform and we can be persuaded by that it says don't be ashamed of it but be partaker of the afflictions of the gospel who has saved us and called us with a holy calling and it's not according to our works but it's according to what his own purpose and grace it was God's own purpose and God's own grace who has saved you and has called you it's not to be ashamed let's be persuaded about that God's promises are are easily persuaded, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. This is when this began. It didn't begin on your road back to recovery. It didn't begin on your road down the aisle. It didn't begin when you got baptized. It began before time ever began. God chose a people, called a people, gave them to his son. His son came into the world to pay for the sins of the world that Adam brought into the world. And he got the job done. I want to be persuaded. That's why I listen to the music on a daily basis. I don't want to tune out everything else. I want to listen to the sweet gospel news that Jesus Christ paid for my sins and he got the job done. I want to hear that amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It never gets old. I want to be persuaded. That's why I come. I want to be persuaded. He says, but it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He didn't bring... Life and immortality. Gospel doesn't bring it, but he did it. He brought The gospel just shines the light. It's the persuasion. Well, I want to be persuaded by the preacher that he believes what he's preaching. <laughs> it, but they, that's what the gospel does. He, he starts talking about the gospel. He says it brings life and immortality to light. It manifests itself. It shines the light on the Savior. He's the one who's done it all. Through the gospel, whereunto I'm appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. There are some things that he suffered getting this message out. He says, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Remember what he said in verse 8? He says, be not therefore ashamed. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm not ashamed to call him my Lord and Savior. He is the rock of my salvation. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm, I'm willing, Paul says, I'm willing to suffer some things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed for I what? He knows in who he believes. Do you know who you believe here this afternoon And the total Savior, a victorious Savior? One who paid the sin debt? Did he get the job done? Well, of course he got the job done. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I want to, that's the kind of persuasion I want. You know, people are easily persuaded nowadays. They're persuaded to and fro, toss ships, like to and fro, you know, the, this is what needs to be done. This is how to raise your kids. You know, when I was uh, getting a spanking and the rod was not spared on my backside, I was never persuaded by my father telling me he, he's doing it because he loves me. <laughs> I don't think my children are easily persuaded that way either. <laughs> you know, that's a hard sell. That's what persuasion is. You know, it's convincing people that this way is better than another. My dad said, I'm doing it because I love you. I just, I just really wasn't persuaded by it. I, I don't know about you. you. know. And the world's going to tell you that there's a better way to discipline your child. There's time in. There's time out. This is a better way to do it instead of doing what the Bible says, to do what God has told us to do. There's a right way and there's a wrong way, and the world will try to persuade you in a different direction. It may seem good on the outside, but what God has said and he is able to perform he says, train up a child in the way that you should go, and they will come back. They will remember. They will be persuaded. We need to be persuading our children. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be persuading those ones that are on the aisles beside us and let, showing them, pointing them to the way of truth and not to be ashamed. He says, for I know whom I have believed it. Paul knew who he believed in, and he was what? He was persuaded that he was what? Abel. Are you persuaded this afternoon that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think? Are you ashamed to say that to somebody? I'm not. I hope you're not. For I am believing and I'm persuaded that He is able to keep that which I've committed to Him against that day. Paul was a persuader. I love it. I want. I wish they say Tim. Boy, he's a persuader. He's persuading me to get up and get to church every Sunday. to Turn on the gospel music, whatever. <laughs> I'm persuaded during the week. Instead of listening to all this junk in the world, is trying to persuade me to do this and persuade me to do that. I don't know about you, but I like it. I like to be persuaded. And Paul, he was having to persuade these people because they wanted to go back to work. There was these Judaizers that came in, these false teachers that were trying to persuade people to go back under the works of the law, You know, under law works, under the works of Moses. And taken away from what the gospel was and that was to shine the light to manifest the, the good news and the glad tidings that Jesus Christ came and were saved by grace and not by works. And that's what he's saying. I'm not ashamed. I know whom I believe it. You may believe in another way but Jesus said I am the way. I am the truth and the life. He is the way. He's not ashamed. He knew who he believed in. He was persuaded. You know, I always... Think about the story in the book of Chronicles and it's over in the Kings and a little bit of Isaiah. It's when the Assyrian king came into Judah, and they had already conquered land after land and, and uh, going up against Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had to do some persuading. Okay, he had to still the people. What they saw the king of Assyria coming in to do, the people needed to be persuaded. You know, Caleb and Joshua, they had to persuade The people there, you know, go into the land of Canaan with the giants and the great walled cities. You know, they said that we were well able. That was a persuasion. They had to persuade the people what they were going up against were great walled cities and great giants. But Caleb and Joshua had to persuade them. They had to make a statement. You know, Paul said, I know whom I believe, (laughs) you know, and I'm persuaded that he is able. That's him telling young Timothy, hey, you're going to suffer some afflictions. I'm willing to do it. But let me tell you whom we believe in, brother Timothy. This is who we believe in. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. And Hezekiah, had to. he goes on down to verse 7 and he's telling them, he says, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria for all the multitude that's with him. For there be more than us than with them. That persuades me pretty good, right? Now how is that, Hezekiah? Because there is more than them than there is of us. He says... There'll be more than with us than with them. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. We got the Lord on our side. He's the one that's able to give us the victory. He was the one that's able to give the children of Israel victory into Canaan, to take down the giants in the great walled cities. And here, Hezekiah is going to persuade the people. He's going to give them something good to gnaw on. You ever heard that saying, I'm going to give you something good to chew on? Well, here's something good to chew on. With them is the arm of flesh. With us is the arm of God. We've got the great God of Israel, the great God of heaven and earth to fight our battles. And he'll fight your battles today. But you've got to know and understand and be persuaded that he is able to do these things. He, we got the Lord on our side. Who is with us, the Lord says. And then it, it, I want you to see what this, this uh, Assyrian king is going to say to him. He's going to try to uh, unpersuade him or discourage him read on into the story you turn over there and it says in verse 10 then Sennacherib, the king of Assyria whereunto do you trust that you abide in the siege in Jerusalem does not Hezekiah what persuade you to give over yourselves to die by famine and by thirst saying the, uh, the Lord our God shall deliver you out of the hand of the king of Assyria you gonna listen to Hezekiah Look at all these other kings. Look at all these other gods. Did they protect them? No, we've took them down. You're going to listen to Hezekiah? You're going to allow him to persuade you? Like the proof is in the pudding. You understand that? We, we've already taken all these other lands. Where were their gods at? None of them was able to deliver. Is your God going to be able to deliver? You're going to let Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die in famine? You ever dealt with people like that? They're all pessimistic and Mr. Negative Nancy. You know, about everything in your life. They look at, this, look at the outer picture. They don't look at the inner soul. Only God can, can do that. I tell you, what a great God we have. Hath not the same Hezekiah taken away the high places? Goes on, he says, verse 14 Who was there among all the gods of all the nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people out of my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you out of my hand? And you go on and read down the story. And how the king is you know, in verse 20, this is what we should do. It says, and for this cause, after they had discouraged the people, after Hezekiah persuaded them in the hand of the Lord, the king came down there and started shouting everything against the great God of Israel. And it says, and for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, did what? They prayed and cried to heaven. And that's what we need to do on a daily basis. We need to go to the God of heaven who is able and be persuaded. Go to him. Put it in his hands. I tell you, he's got a great hand. He's got a great hand of deliverance, both yesterday, today, and forever. That's what we need to go to in prayer. We need to cry to. It's great Hezekiah and Isaiah. They say prayer don't work. Why are they going to the great God of Israel if it don't work? If it doesn't mean anything. Here, Hezekiah... Who's got had strong faith and Prophet Isaiah says prayed and cried to heaven and it goes on down where the king of Assyria went back to his homeland and got dest- got destroyed by his own kinfolk. <laughs> God can do amazing things. He's able to do great and mighty things. You know, one of the things that Paul was going up against uh, was and these false prophets and uh, false preachers. When you open up the first book of Galatians, verse 3, it says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Now, he either gave himself for our sins or he didn't. That's what we preach here, that he did lay down his life and he paid the sin debt. And Paul is just preaching that very clearly. There's simplicity in that, church of christ and paul was going up against these false teachers that were going against the very simplicity of what the scriptures say he says grace be to you and peace from god the father and from our lord jesus christ who gave himself he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world there's a time salvation here that's taught right here he deliver us or save us from this present evil world, according or in harmony with the will of God and our Father, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Not to anybody else. There's glory in the highest. And that's who we're to give glory to for everything. He deserves it, does he not? To him be glory forever and ever. He says, listen to verse six, I marvel. You know, when you marvel at something, I mean, it's astonishing. I mean, it's like, it's mind-blowing, as, as the kids say. It's it just like, it takes you back. I mean, it's, it's like, I don't understand kind of thing. Like, what is going on? He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that calleth you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel. And he's fixing to get, lay down the law, as you want to say. Some people take it to the unth degree. Well, here, Paul, he's fixing to get to the unth degree. He says, which is not another but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He says, but though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then ye have received, let him be accursed. He says that twice. Why does he say that twice? I think he's trying to get the point across. There is no other gospel. <laughs> there's one gospel if there anybody comes in i don't care if they're from they say they're from heaven or where they may be at there is no other gospel that's plain and simple i'm going to tell you twice so it sticks and there's some stuff that doesn't stick there's some stuff that is not easily persuaded you know some people it's hard my older brother he could persuade skin off somebody's back i mean he he's a good talker he's a good confessor it's a sales job you know, the preacher's got to sell, sell the gospel to the people that what he's preaching, he, he believes. And you, you believe, that's part of the persuasion process. That's the selling, that's the convincing. Are you convinced here this afternoon that the Lord is your Savior, that he is rich and almighty, that we have a throne of grace we can come to? Why? Because he's provided it, he's able to give that to us? I think we do. He says, as we said before, so I now again, if anybody else preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. For what? He says, verse 10, for do I now persuade men or God? Paul went in, in the business to persuade men. You know, there's churches out here everywhere you can go to. If you want to be, uh, make men happy, they'll preach, uh, you know, the work salvation. But this is, goes contrary to the very fiber of what man believes in. He feels like he has to pull, pull the rope, you know, help God out. God's not able to do it unless you help him out. That's not the God I'm talking about here this afternoon. I'm talking about the God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. You couldn't even think your way into heaven if you wanted to. He's able to do far greater than that. He says, I not persuade men or God. For Do I seek to please men? I mean, these are uh, simple yes or no questions. He says, for if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel was preached to me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, in the second Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about that, the simplicity of Christ. He says, but but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve, as we heard this morning, through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So one thing I love about the Primitive Baptist is this pure simplicity of Jesus Christ. It's wonderful. It's easy. It's easy to be persuaded by it. Why? Because it's all on God and not on you. It's, it's all about God and not man. When you involve man, and I've said this plenty of times, it, I mean, it's disaster. It's got disaster written all over. You ask somebody, I'm telling you, you get them involved, and it's downhill from there. We need to focus and be persuaded on the, the promises of God. He said, Abraham staggered not at the promises of God, seeing him who was able he staggered not. You know, in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, it's called the Hall of Faith. It's a wonderful chapter. It talks about how faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He says, for by the elders obtained a good report. And it goes on to talk about how the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things are seen were not made of things which do appear. We believe in a creator God. We don't believe in evolution. That's what it's talking about here. He says, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You know, only God can create. Only God can create in you a new heart. That's, you know, in regeneration. You can't self-regenerate yourself. You can't, you know, we don't believe in gospel regeneration. We believe in the God who can regenerate. That's what separates a lot of things he says Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice and Enoch was translated he says without faith it's impossible to please him he says by faith Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which the, he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness which is by faith Noah ain't never even seen a drop of water and he's telling him to build an ark that takes a lot of faith but he did it knowing that God was able, <laughs> able to carry him. That was a heavy load. That was a tall task that he was asked to do when things were, it's like I haven't even seen what I, you're asking me to build an ark. It says, by faith Abraham, when he was called out into a place to go where he'd never even been. And it goes on down, he says, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And it talks about Sarah herself receiving strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him, judged him faithful. Who had what? Who had promised. God's able to do many and mighty things. And what God has promised, he is able to do and he is able to perform. He says in verse 13, I want to kind of wrap up here. He says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and what? And were persuaded of them. They were all persuaded. They all died in faith and having seen the promises afar of off, were all persuaded of them and embraced them. Not only were they persuaded by them, but they embraced them. Not only did they embrace them, but they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims here on earth. You know, I feel like only a primitive Baptist would believe in, in these this <laughs> faith in chapter all the way back to Adam. Consider ourselves pilgrims and strangers. That's not what the world preaches. That's not what the world is trying to persuade you to be. But when you look at yourself, you can feel like you're just a, we're just pilgrims and strangers here on this earth. This is not our home. Our home's in heaven. It's a permanent home. When you're at permanent home, you're not a pilgrim and stranger. At my house up in Greenbrier, when I'm at home, I'm not a pilgrim and stranger anymore. When I'm out here in this world, I'm a pilgrim and stranger. But they're not talking about home here on earth. They're talking about a heavenly home. They're just pilgrims and strangers here in this earth. When they they all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, or persuaded of them, embraced them, and clearly said. And it goes on down. Verse nineteen it says, and they, uh, Isaac accounted that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in a figure. I want us to be persuaded here in the days ahead as. Stuff happens in our life, stuff happens in this nation, stuff happens at our job. It doesn't matter where it's at, if it's at your home, we need to be persuaded of what? Of better things. God has promised us better things. I I want better things in this life. Don't you go every day, you just want something a little bit better? It's just human nature, right? It's just human nature that we want something a little bit better. Always wanting a little more. Well, God has promised us better things. And that day is coming up. He's coming back. He's able... He's able to uh, do all things above all we ask or think. I hope you're persuaded here this afternoon that God is able in your life and in my life. When we come to him, we put uh, our care and worries upon the one who is able. Good things are happening. I hope you're a little bit persuaded here this afternoon. As Paul tried to persuade, you know, as he went around and was up against many obstacles, I hope we're persuaded a little here this Sunday afternoon. I appreciate your attention.